Look around. Everywhere these days, people are crying out for effective leadership. There's no mistaking it any longer. Men, especially leaders, are struggling, emasculated by imposed rules, stereotyping, and leadership models that are no longer working. There are many women who are doing a much better job at leadership than the men, and we need to recognize them. We need their help too. Welcome to Well, the Women's Expressions on Leadership, Learning, and Liberty podcast show, and I'm its host, John Krotek. This is the show where women can help us men to be better men, more effective leaders. Our guest for this episode of Well is a former State Department employee. She's also the founder and executive director of Wheelchairs for Warriors. Her name is Crystal Laramore. And let me tell you, Crystal has a very impressive story. I'm so thrilled to have her here today. Crystal owns a PR firm that caters to a large portfolio of clients. She also owns a few online newspapers and blogs, which include a patriotic newspaper. It's a 12-year-old newspaper with subscribers in 31 states and quite a few countries. And a few South Texas newspapers, as well as a small real estate rental business. See, I told you, Crystal, (laughs) there's no moss on her feet. She's like Rolling Stone, I got to tell you. But Crystal's love for the military, and her dad was was a, a career military officer, I understand. And so she has a great love of country and for people who wear the uniform, men and women, and the people that wear the uniform to protect and serve. Her family history is steeped in the American tradition of serving the country, and her passion runs deep. It's part of her family roots. With this burning desire in her heart to serve, Crystal worked for the Department of State in Baghdad, Iraq, from 2004 to 2006. She served as a liaison officer to the ambassador to Iraq, John Negroponte, we've heard of him, and she received a letter of commendation from the Department of State. It was this experience in Iraq that sparked the fire in her, own, in her to create an organization that serves veterans, wheelchairs for warriors. She saw the gap between what our wounded veterans need and what they are afforded. So began her mission to provide better wheelchair solutions that would allow wounded veterans and first responders to regain some of their independence and give them the ability to roll strong. Brings tears to my eyes when I think about the work they do. Anytime you can help somebody live a better life, then I know you're doing something darn good on on this planet. So thank you for that, Crystal. But anyhow, welcome, Crystal. And uh, I got to say again, I'm humbled and honored to have you here to talk about leadership and other things today. Oh, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and well, there's kind of a backstory too. Crystal and I, you know, we met each other at the Pod Fest in Orlando. Yeah, a couple of years ago, right before the week before um, COVID kicked off, and um, it was like I was meeting a movie star, you know, because no, I had no. been following you. I've been following you and following you, and and we were in the same one of the same um, classes, and I was like, hey, wait. You're John Protek. I, I I know who you are. <laughs> well, you and, and I, I did. You made me feel really important. I love that. Ah, <laughs> you are no, important. But, but it was good. And uh, <laughs> but we've kept in contact since then. We've talked about various things that have been going on with the country, and we, you know, every time uh, we do have a conversation, it always gets really deep. And 
like the show today, um, we're going to go deep. You know, we're going to go deep about leadership and about freedom that I know you care a lot about, Crystal, and also mm-hmm. education, you know, how we can learn from each other. But, you know, before we get started on some of the deeper things, give us a little bit about your background. You know, where are you from <laughs> and how did you get to, to, to be right here today? I'm a Texas girl, and my uncle is a retired full bird colonel. My father was 101st Airborne. God rest his soul. He passed away a couple of years ago. Mm, and um, thank you. And my whole family has served in the military, and the, the um, plan for my life was to join the Navy. So I was at the recruiter's office for the Navy, and chatting it up with the recruiter, taking my tests. I was going to officer candidate school and something just, it was just something. It just didn't fit. It didn't feel right. It didn't fit. I was going in on the buddy program with my girlfriend, Sonia Giannis from, uh, we were high school roommates. I meant high school classmates. And um, her father was standing there and she had to go. (laughs) My father was four and a half hours away and I didn't. (laughs) So I did not go into the Navy. And I, yeah. I, I didn't regret that decision. What I regretted was not serving my country. So when the opportunity came for me to go to Baghdad, I, I took the opportunity and it was a long family discussion where my uncle, who was barely retired as a colonel, said, absolutely not. No way in hell. And my dad was like, I'd do it. <laughs> so we were <laughs> yeah. having those Airborne, kind of conversations. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. Airborne. Yeah. Cause the crazy guy, the medic, you know. <laughs> And so anyway, so I, you know, weighed the, weighed the risks and thought everybody else in my family has weighed the same risks and, and I'm going. And my uncle was like, yes, but we haven't gone straight into a war zone, but he was in a war zone. So anyway, one thing led to another and off I went. And when I came back, I just wanted to continue that service somehow. And um, I'll save you all the boring details of years of trying to figure it out, but God showed up and figured it out for me and it's wheelchairs for warriors and it has been crazy how many veterans and first responders because it's warriors right we wanted to make sure that we Mm -hmm. if you served our country in uniform that we were here just to serve you and we served we've served over 50 veterans in less than five years that's awesome. Crazy. Great, great work. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not joking when, and I know you've seen the face on those veterans when they get the wheelchair and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's got to light you up and, and I'm, I'm not joking. It brings tears to my eyes when I think about the work that you do, because it means a lot to those people. You know, when you've, when you're missing your limbs or, you know, and you think that life is, is over, you know, you're giving them a renewed sense of hope. It's, um, it's interesting that we, you know, in the beginning, we, we served one veteran, I think our first year, maybe two, then we went on to serve mm-hmm. a few more, and then it went to eight, then it was 13, then it was, last year, it was 21, we served 21 veterans in 21, and we started out 2022, with 16 on the waiting list, so this is exponential growth, and it is because the word's getting out, you know, we have a, a great webmaster and our seo is really good so if you if you type wheelchair warrior veteran whatever you typically will we we will pop up but what's what we have found is that it's not only the veteran that we're serving that we are also serving the wife 
we're also serving the caregiver. We're also serving the children. Because if you stop and think about it, you've got an alpha male in your home. He has served our country. And if he's in a wheelchair, he has probably more than likely been injured in the line of duty and, and in wartime, right? We've got Afghan, um, the Afghan war, the Iraqi war. Then we've served Vietnam veterans. We serve um, Korean. We've served a couple of Korean veterans and one World War II veteran. And so you have this alpha male in your house and his wheelchair doesn't work. It's not the right kind of wheelchair. And so, or, or it weighs a lot, right? And so then he's not getting out of the house as much. He's not doing as many things with the family as he would like to do or as the family would like for him to do. The daughter wants him to watch the baseball game or the son wants him to watch football or whatever, but or go fishing or hunting or anything. And one wheelchair just doesn't do everything that he needs done. So more and more and more and more, he's just staying at home. He's just being left behind. And so I wanted to make sure that our men and women knew that no man left behind was no longer just the mantra for the battlefield, but also for the home field. That once you get home, well, we're not going to leave you behind then either. And if you need more than one wheelchair to make your life happen, then you should have more than one wheelchair. John, uh, uh, a question no. for you. I have a well, question for you. Go John. ahead. Ask, ask away. Do you have more than one pair of shoes? Absolutely. That's I got right. boots too. I'm not a Texan, but I own a pair, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. So, you know, I'm tracking with you, you know, you're absolutely correct. And um, that's just phenomenal work. You know, you're bringing hope back into a household and you mentioned alpha male. We're going to talk about the alpha males and what's happening yes. to them these days. But, you know, that is just, again, I can't say enough. You know, and it's just that, you know, we're all doing our part and you're doing a huge part and Wheelchairs for Warriors is a phenomenal success. And it's going to continue to be so because the mission is right. And you mentioned God working things out. It's amazing how that happens in our lives, isn't it? We have, we have an amazing team of people. Our rehab seating specialist, his father was an army veteran in a wheelchair. He has a passion for making sure that our warriors have the right equipment, right? And that they can mm -hmm. do what they want to do when they want to do it. And, um, you know, the co-founder of Wheelchairs for Warriors, Heidi Hansing, she's an army veteran herself. And so we just have a really good team. Our board of directors is made up of veterans from all, all branches of the service, even the Coast Guard. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be some guys going, okay, what's that? <laughs> even the Coast Guard. And, um, and also business leaders, you know, people in business who want to make sure that they, they convey the message to other business leaders that we're a good organization, that we're doing what we say we're going to do, and that the mission is needed. That's awesome. And I uh, applaud you for that. And uh, I know that we're going to do our best to continue to get the word out. But, you know, just got a note. I just got a note from my webmaster. So hopefully this will uh, turn into a video on it because it's super cute. I just got a note from them from our uh, webmaster. We don't build wheelchairs. We build freedom and independence. No, that's awesome. And I love both of those words because right. with independence, you can be free. And, right. and freedom affords us the independence. So yeah, whoever your webmaster is, they're phenomenal. But uh, thank you for Sean, that. Sean Dominguez, let's plug, let's plug her. She's an amazing human on the planet. <laughs> awesome. So 
You know, let's talk, you know, we'll get into some, you know, the alpha males are in trouble. We'll talk about that, but let's talk about leadership for a second here. Okay. You know, and your, your dad was 101st airborne and you mentioned he was a Vietnam veteran. No, he okay. missed it barely. Uh, well, he probably didn't miss much. And, you he know, did. yeah, he didn't miss it by much. My uncle, um, uh, Colonel William Larimore, he was in Desert Storm. He was deployment of long range missiles. Awesome. So you're so you're around these alpha males. What did mm -hmm. you what did you pick up from those guys growing I learned up? How to, I learned how to be an alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how deep does your voice go? But uh, oh my that's th that's funny. But but what did you learn? What did you learn about about men? You know, what did you pick up on at that at that early age? Uh, hold on one second. Do you want to unplug this so you can hear him? I'm not sure. Just pull it from the back. Um, one of the things that I picked up was integrity. It was one of the biggest, it's one of the biggest lessons um, from the men in my life and especially my father. It was integrity. It was your handshake is your word. If you shake on it and you agree to it, you don't need a contract. You shook uh, on it. Don't you love that? You know, and it used to be that way and, and it's a phenomenal it's a phenomenal way to be because, you know, you mentioned something earlier in one of our conversations about trust. Mm -hmm. And so that integrity is a way to develop the trust. And boy, it's not like that now, is it? Mm -mm. No, it's not like that now. Integrity is a, is, a, is a huge thing in your honor. And, you know, the men in my life are praying men. They all love God and they're all their moral compass comes from high above and they're, mm -hmm integrity and, and their decisions are led by that and it is god first country you know well god first family second but it's god first and country country might be before family sometimes but sometimes it's it's a total god and country family that i come from and it is we do bleed red white and blue we do all bleed all the colors and we as much as our family believes in the Bible, we believe in the Constitution. You know, that's interesting, too, because about, you know, it's about core values. But, you know, Texas itself is almost like a different country. There's, you know, there is that sense. It is a different, what do you mean, almost? No, but it is. It is. But, but it is a different. But, but you get a sense when you're in Texas that they do live by the Constitution. No matter where you go, it seems that way. Texas yeah. has a reputation for being a free state, you know, don't mess with Texas. I can remember back in the day, we'd drive across Texas and we'd see these signs or bumper stickers. And it always was, uh, it was intriguing to say the least. But um, right. when I got my first pair of Tony Llamas, I really I felt like a Texan. My my friend took me down to the, the factory there near Waco. And uh, I thought I was a Texan, but it was a lot of fun back in those days. But, but, but let's get back to, you know, so we're talking about integrity. We're talking about a spiritual connection. We're talking about setting an example um, and, 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 and trust and, and, and love of country and love of our spouse or, you know, significant other, love of ourselves, I guess you could say, without being arrogant. You know, can you think of one person, maybe it is your dad, that exemplified all the traits that you just talked about? Yes, my father and my uncle, both of them, um, and, and a lot of the men in my family, um, they, 
they were leaders you could trust them if you if and here's the thing it's the same thing as in in life as it is in in battle right you have to trust your leader and you have to have that one person that's the leader and you have to trust that leader to go into the foxhole with right you've got to trust him to say this is where we're going this is what we need to do it's the same thing in in life and if you're a kid and you're going hunting with your father you need to trust that he's not putting you in the in the line of um harm you know he's not putting you in harm's way so you trust your father you trust those people and then as a spouse you want to trust that your spouse is making the right decisions financially and on and on and on and on but who is he trusting right you hope that he's trusting god that's you true hope, you know you it, it, it's hard to trust people if they don't have anyone to trust so who do they have to trust and that and that that to me is God and, and, and God's word and the Bible. And it's all very biblical. And I don't know, a day goes by that I don't think about something that's in the Bible or give thanks or, or pray to God. It's a very, I was just raised that way, steeped in those traditions of God, family, country. And again, you know, going back to core values, it's, it's that foundation. And so many people are missing the foundation. Sometimes it's not their fault. You know, society has a way of constructing certain narratives and certain ways to act. And a lot of times people fall into those. You know, you look at the state of the world today, the, the world's always been in chaos and disorder. But we've talked about this, Crystal. We've noticed a, a shift, a shift in, in the mindsets of people and the way uh, men are stereotyped or portrayed. And men, don't seem to be men these days. It, it's kind of, it's, you know, look at the state of the world. It seems like it's everywhere. You've got vitriol at astronomical levels, you know, the level of hatred for each other. You've got a serious lack of dignity and, and, and bearing and etiquette. And, and, and the world at times, I'm not going to say, the world at times just seems like it, 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 it's in extreme chaos and the men aren't stepping up. And I think women are just PO'd, to, to tell you to tell oh, you the yeah. truth. we're exhausted from it all the um there's a really really great book it's called wild at heart is that a john eiley um uh, john eldridge i think john eldridge may have written wild at heart um it is a phenomenal book and i read it and i've i've i truly believe that every woman and every man should read wild at heart and it goes back to what you were saying in another conversation is that our men need to get out and be one with nature. You know, this working and just being a, a tool for some big corporation, nine to five or eight in the morning until eight, eight o'clock at night and missing out on your life. I'd be miserable too if, if I was a person who did that all the time. I, I was that person and I was miserable, right? Um, but you know, our men need to be fishing, you know, they need to be hunting, they need to be one with nature, they need to be doing all of those things, they need to be the hunters and the gatherers, they don't just need to be, you know, putting on a suit every day and only going to a corporate job, that's, that's no good for anybody, God did not put us on this planet to start working at 15 years old and quit working a couple of days before we die, and, and not have a life not to enjoy this life this we're following the wrong path we do not need a four-story house we do not need a seven thousand square foot home having it ain't bad but you don't need it you know we don't we don't need all we don't we're, there's too many traps 
know, you know that's you raise a good point there because you know prior we've and I know we've talked about this we've had a lot of conversations Crystal and me yeah. so you know we're just trying to you know catch the tail end of some of these but you know you're right you know tell us about that date that you had where you le learned early yeah. on yeah um, <laughs> something that stuck with you until today yeah so I was on a date. I can't remember the guy's first name, last name, middle name. I think he had dark hair. You know, I mean, I don't even think I kissed him. It was just kind of like, wow, I know, but I know why I had that date. He said something to me and he said, I, I, I work to live. I do not live to work. And I have carried that with me since my twenties and I'm 57 years old. That has stuck in my head. And I was looking for a job when I found this one. That's awesome. Like, and, you know, there you go. You know, we, are, we get these um, these lessons. We get these messages, these signals. What do you call them? They're always yeah. out there. You know, God weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if you're aware. And, you know, so we talk about masculinity and femininity. And, and we talk about the industrial revolution, the industrial age where, leadership models and livelihood started to shift. You know, you, you just said something really interesting. We go to work at 15, you know, like we're, we're supposed to, it's like ingrained in us. And then we retire and then we're dead in a couple of years. How many people do we know? They work their entire life. They retire and they're gone within a few years. Mm -hmm. And, and what have they really done? But added to that 401k. Yep. My and, dad and, was one of them. Yeah. God bless them. And, and, you know, and, and we fall into that, what you just said, the trap and distractions and, and that's what it is, you know, and, and now we're seeing it, it because of the internet and because of social media and instantaneous information and communication, mm -hmm. we can see that this isn't just in one country. It's global now. It's global. Yeah. It's a, it's a challenge. And here's the thing too, is that, you know, when we start talking about the big house and the trappings and the things like that, I get it. I get it. A lot of women are driving that train. Those, the women are saying, oh, well, you know, I want a bigger house. And I know I'm in this fancy schmancy neighborhood, but I'm in the wrong part of the neighborhood. I'm not in the, I'm not in the high end part of the neighborhood. And we only have a 3000 square foot home and Susie and Fred over there, they've got a 7,000 square foot home in the junior league, this and the hoity toity that and the whatever. And it's like the men have got to say no. We have got to, we've got to get back to biblical principles and we have to start respecting the man's decision, but he has to be respectable. We have the, to trust our man's decisions, but he has to be trustworthy. No, this, so no. this is rhetorical, but, you know, we talk about the emasculation, <laughs> the emasculation of the male in the 21st right. century. It's been going on for a while. It's not totally our fault, I yeah. think, but, you know. Cleopatra started it, I think. <laughs> Probably did. Maybe it was uh, Eve. <laughs> it goes way back. But you, you think men are just scared to say no because they want to keep up with the Joneses? Nope. nope. What do you think it I is? To... Oh, my goodness. We're going to go. We are going. We're going deep. deep. We're going. We're diving deep right now. The best life lesson sermon I ever had in church was on a Wednesday night because my pastor really liked to go deep on Wednesdays because Sunday, <laughs> Sunday people were just there to get dressed up and 
make sure you saw them in church. But <laughs> and Wednesday, visit, and visit, yeah. Yeah, and visit. But Wednesday, you were hungry. You wanted something more in your life on Wednesday nights and Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturday afternoons and whatever, right? But Wednesday night, he really let it out there. Those That was his family <laughs> Wednesday night. And he said, there's only one thing in life that women want. Do you know what it is? Just one. More. Go ahead. I mean, I, I can. I, I got to you. Here. You know that. You know the walls have ears. No, but they just want more. Why do you think that is? So then you. So you don't know. But Eve had everything she wanted, and she just wanted more, right? So it's not our fault. We did inherit the trait. So it doesn't matter if it's shoes in my case, or purses in my case, or jewelry in my case. I just want more. You know, big yeah. house. I just want bigger, right? And there's only one thing in life that men want. And we all know what that is. What? So, Tell me. I'm not going to say it out. You know. So. Okay. Order, no. Okay. Fair enough. To not be afraid of not getting the one thing that he wants more than anything else in the world. He lets the woman have the one thing that she wants, which is more. But what it does is, is it's that, you know, how it's a slippery slope, right? It's like, oh, then she wants some more of this and some more of that and some more of this and some more of that, right? And we, and as men, my, my pastor just said, you just have to say no. I get it, you know, and gosh, see, and I'm 62 and I just got schooled. So I just learned something, you know, I thought it was something different, but uh, <laughs> it was how slow I am. But uh, so here we are, you know, we're in the 21st century. And men are not saying no enough. And right. men are feeling um, demasculized, like, like emasculated. emasculated. You know, I talk, yeah, I talked to so many guys that, 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 that don't even like what you just said. They don't even feel like guys. I mean, it's like their heads are all messed up. And, and we don't have time anymore. You know, we've got to turn this well, thing around. I'll tell you what. Women, are be, women have been told since since I've been alive that I can remember women have been told pick up your self-respect and walk out of that relationship and men need to be doing the same damn thing they need to be picking up their self-respect and walking out of relationships where women don't respect them as men listen my father always taught me that I'm gonna do my thing I'm gonna have I'm gonna have poker night with the boys we're gonna smoke cigars and maybe drink some aged scotch you ain't coming you're not coming but there are going to be some things that we're going to do together if you want to go um garage sailing or something like that you and i can go if you want to go to the movies and have popcorn i don't want to do that you need to go do that with your girlfriends there's going to be your time that you're going to do and i'm not going to question it there's going to be our time and there's going to be my time I love that. that. Healthy. You know that. That's healthy. You've been married for a long time. You've got a successful marriage. It's healthy to do that. Of course, my dad was a truck driver, so he was gone a lot. So it wasn't like, (laughs) you know, he wasn't under her feet all the time, you know. And um No, but what I like, what I like hearing though, Crystal, what I what I love, and and you're you're saying it's okay, guys, you can do manly things. And if Go somebody's and hunting with the boys, for and the if blood. somebody's going to get upset, then maybe you need to think about a reset yourself. That's right. 
So we need to get all the masculine men with all the feminine women, and we just need to let everybody else have at it. You know, I mean, and, and you talked about a shift. I mean, we can't go from, there's a happy medium in everything, right? So we can't go right. from, from back in the mad men days where, you know, the, the wife was in the country and the job was in the city and the mistress was in the city and women were, a play, you know, we're, we don't want to do that, but we don't, we've come too far the other way. We, there was a point where we, we needed to stop. We've gone too far to, oh goodness. I don't want you to be at home raising the children while I'm out working. No. I get it. No, I do not need you. I'm not going to hold the door open for you. You're going to hold the door open for me. And please make sure you do it. And if you're with a woman that says, I don't need that, say, yes, you do need it. This is how a man treats a woman. My father showed me by example how you treat a woman. So I know how to be treated as a woman. And I know how not to be treated. I know what it looks like. I know that there's date night. I know that you're going to open the car door for me. Coming and going. I'm going to stand. That door will not open itself. I will stand at that door until you get out of your car. Mad or not. I will not open my own car door if I'm going out on a date. And I've had a lot of men go, get in their car, close their door and look at me. And I just stare at them through the window, through the <laughs> just staring at you. I have no idea how you got seated without opening my door and making sure I got in my, got in. Okay. Well, you know, what's interesting. I have not met a woman yet that has told me, you know, in conversation that they dislike it when I dislike it, when a guy opens a door or shows a nicety, or shows, you know, an example of respect or, or that I haven't met a woman yet that dislikes that. And if they that do, is, I, I, I kind of wonder about that. That That is showing masculinity and that is honoring femininity. There's nothing wrong with that. I can still go be the executive director of wheelchairs for warriors. I can still serve my, I can still do my job and I can still be the badass that in my mind, I imagine that I am, but also allow a man to open the door for me, you know, and back in the day, light my cigarette, you know, and there isn't, there, like you just said about the women that you speak to, there's also not a woman that I speak to, no matter what age, from 18 to 80. <clears throat> Not one woman that I've ever met that doesn't still want to be romanced. And there's nothing wrong with that. Let me ask you this. Absolutely not. Why do you think? Remember that one thing that you want, that you men want, that one thing that y'all want? I mean, that one thing, just the yeah. one thing. I mean, you know, <laughs> romance. <laughs> no, I, I, I get it. So, you know, why do you, you know, we talked about the shift. Why do you think? Crystal, that it has shifted so much. What do you think is going on oh, that we've seen goodness. this major shift in masculinity and femininity and in the roles? Well, you know? yeah. Come on, now you know you you've got the crazy left left people in charge of godless 
left, godless, whatever you want to call it, in charge of the media, in charge of television, in charge yeah. of what we're putting into our brains, what we're allowing our children to put into our brains, you know, garbage in, garbage out. I mean, you you sit there and you you know instinctively, I believe, everybody has an innate sense of right and wrong and what feels right and what doesn't feel right. What feels good and what feels right might be two different things, right? Right. Uh, but I think that we're confused as a society because we've allowed the media to overtake our lives and we're allowing it at a much younger age. I, I couldn't watch, I couldn't watch a TV show one time. Gosh, I was fifth grade or something like that. They said the word horror maybe. But it was one of those words where it was just, there was absolutely no way I was going to be allowed to watch that TV show because it had that bad, 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 bad word in it, right? Then we get to a point where we're calling our girlfriends whores. It's like, hey, her, hey, ho, oh, maybe it's ho. Hey, ho, what's going on? And how my bitch is doing, you know? And it's just like, maybe we just need to get away from that and we need to have respect for the words. And, and Maya Angelou, had said something in, in um, I was listening to a documentary and she said, words have impact. And if you cussed in my Angelo's home, you were shown the door. Yeah. Can you imagine if we all held to that standard? I'd, I'd never have any company. Well, you, yeah, you know what? I'd have to get myself out of my house. <laughs> it seems like it's such a pass, you know, when it comes to fouling, which I can remember back in the day, if I had ever said anything, I knew all about corporal punishment. My dad was an officer too, and he did not allow that at all in the house. And so when we finally did say the word, one of those bad words, we'd have to look around the room and, you know, waiting for the shooter drop. But, right. but that, but, but, you know, you've touched upon a lot of, you've given a lot of tips and a lot of things here, but you know what etiquette or the lack thereof is, is what yeah. you're talking about. And, and, you know, foul language it just nothing turns me off more as a guy when I'm talking to another guy and he uses foul language in front of with my wife there. I know, I know, and I dirty mean, jokes. It, 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 I will walk away from a man telling a dirty joke. I will just walk away, or I'll say, "I'm sorry, I don't know what I did to get to make you think that you had permission to tell that joke in front of me." It but I didn't learn so, that trick yeah. until I was. I think as women, we're afraid to stand up to men, especially if we're in a work environment. So I feel like that's where some of the responsibility lays on the shoulders of the men and lays at the feet of the men, right? Just don't tell a dirty joke in front of a woman. That, that's locker room talk, you know? Yeah, Just be more that, respectful of women in general. Just well, don't put women in a situation where they, they're so uncomfortable. Right. You know, well, you said it earlier. You alluded to it earlier. You said that we know innately what's right and what's wrong. And maybe they grew up in a household where dirty jokes were accepted, but I, I don't think so. You know, you know, inside when something doesn't feel right, why would a woman want to hear something lewd anyways? I have asked many a men, many, does your mother know that you speak with that mouth? If your Good mother you. were standing here, would you tell that? And some of them would. I mean, I get it. Some some people would. They they just were raised completely differently. But it's like, yeah, no, no not not comfortable with that. Mm. Save it. Doesn't need to be said. 
you know, and that's, you know, somebody told me that, that foul language is, is intellectual laziness. Oh, well, I would I know my mouth. Uh, the Marines gave me my bad mouth. Yeah, I don't know. I don't Back know about yet. that. <laughs> but I try. I mean, I always say, I've got to stop doing this. Like, I just have to cut it out. I was so sweet and innocent before I went to Baghdad. That's what happened, huh? No, but you, you you seem like it now, so I think you're good to go. I wouldn't, you That's know. Because you're recording me. You're back on, you're <laughs> back on track. Um, so what a guy, you know, so what do guys have to do to, to get that alpha male thing going again, but do it in a way that's respectful and, and, and integral? What, what can guys do, you know, g- give us a few of your Crystal Laramore tips on what men can do to recapture who they are. I really feel like it's, um, it's having those conversations with yourself. Be true to yourself. Be true to who you are inside. And don't let outside forces determine who you are. And we'll all be better off for it, right? If you, I feel like God, I feel like we're born with an innate sense of who we are and how we should act and be. And listen, I'm, I'm all about knowing that, that, that God is infinite and that, and that everything is, is of God. And I don't, I don't, I've got friends who are gay. I've got friends who are from other nationalities. I've got friends who believe in different religions. Um, my Bible says, love the sinner, hate the sin, you know, but then I'm not going to judge of, of what a sin is. And I believe that, um, that we're all loving God and that if you, I 100% believe that my path to God is through Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to tell you that if you 100% believe that your path to God is through Muhammad or through Fred or Susie, that I'm not here on this planet to tell you that that's wrong. That's, that's not my job, right? I believe that if your religion doesn't teach you to cherish humanity, to cherish human life, you know, and, and, and faith, faith, hope, and love, and love is the greatest of these. If your religion doesn't teach you love, then maybe you're on the wrong religious path. You know what I mean? I do. And then if we just love, love our neighbor as ourselves, and I was also taught by that amazing pastor that your neighbor is anyone next to you. If you're standing next to me, you're my neighbor. And if we just start with that, love your neighbor as yourself, then we're, you know, decades ahead of, we're eons ahead of, ahead of where we are right now. And I feel like, I think that all men are born with the, the, an urge or a sense of longing to be with nature, to go hunting, to go fishing, to tinker with mechanics, to all of those things that are, that are innately kind of male things, you know? And I feel like all women are, are, have a sense of they want to be successful they want to succeed they want to raise their children to be good humans you know we don't want to produce you know bad humans we want to produce good humans out into the world and so i just feel like that we're all born to want and desire different things and that's okay and do it 
go seek out the, I mean, I mean, unless you're, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer born and there's something missing and your desire is to go be mean, that's not okay. But, you know, we're talking about the whole male, female um, difference. Well, the things that you, that you've described here, you know, the tips, they're all very practical. It's not like you have to, it's not rocket science, you know, it's, it's emotions, but it's being in touch with those emotions. Mm-hmm. Do you have a, do you have like a, a, a quote of your own or a mantra crystal that you live your life by every day? Sean, do I have a quote or a mantra that I live my life by every day? I think my, my biggest one is faith, hope, and love. And love is the greatest of these and love your neighbor as yourself. And I say it a lot, you know? And you, and you can't lose by that because, and we're not talking about the love that the world embraces. You're no. talking about something more divine. A godly love. That's 100% yeah. true. And I fail at it a lot. Believe me. I, you know, I fail at it, but it is, it's the thing that it, it, it's that lesson from that pastor. It was just so good that love, you know, that you just have to love just forget it. And I, there's some people I hate, you know, that I've hated <laughs> on and, and um, Sean is sitting there, right you know, and she's like, Ooh, you're so shouldn't do that. You know, it's like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, you know, we're human, right? We are human. That's correct. I, I always fall back, fall back on that. It's my, it's my, it's my ace in the hole. Yeah. Well, that's a good ace to have, you know, it's all good. And I'm glad that we finally have recorded a conversation. You know, I think we've had a few hours of non-recorded conversations and they've always been like this but you know how can people you know you're certainly blessed crystal and and the things that you're doing are are very blessed uh you are making a difference in the world Uh, and sometimes it's hard to see that at times but you know people like you inspire others and (laughs) i i think that um i think that's important to be that way and i think that you're showing divine love through what you're doing with wheelchairs for warriors. And I, I can't think of a, of a more divine mission than that. And that's what you were placed here to do. So kudos to you. You know, Isn't that, that you, crazy. No, it's, it's crazy. Think good. About what you were born to do. It's like, I was always meant to do this thing. And I went through this crazy path of, of how to get here, but it was always, it was always serving the military. It was always, it was always supposed to be something to the military. And God tried to get me in the military back when I was 18. Right. You know, right. I nope, I'm not going to do that. And who well, knows what, a, the path, what the path would have been, but I ended up doing it anyway. I'm still serving. I love that though. And so do the people that you've served, they love it too. And um, I, you know, I wish you continued success, but how can people find out more about wheelchairs for warriors and what can they do? What do you need right now? <laughs> money you know okay. like we always need money um freedom isn't free and neither are wheelchairs i, I say that in the right crowd sometimes no freedom, no it's freedom, true though freedom isn't free and neither is a wheelchair our average cost of a wheelchair in 2021 was twelve thousand fifty four dollars. if you can wrap your brain around that yeah. but we build transformers and we build titanium wheelchairs and we build whatever the veteran needs we fly to the veteran to their home we we're not the va we don't make you come to us or to the warrior to the first responder we go to them and we find out how they live what their lifestyle is what they need specifically 
and then we design it and then we have it built here in the United States of America. And then we also deliver it to them and we make sure that they're trained on it, that their family's a part of it. When we can, we have the presentations at a VFW or an American Legion Hall. Can you share, can you share one of those stories? Can you share one of your one of your veteran stories or first responders that you've helped? Can you share one that really I know they all touch your soul, but mm -hmm. is there is there one in particular that is that that touched your soul in a different way? Yes. So we had um, we had a Vietnam veteran named Willie Williams reach out to us and he was missing a leg from Vietnam. He was a Vietnam veteran. And it never really occurred to me that we were going to be serving Vietnam veterans or World mm -hmm. War II. You know, it only occurred to me that we were going to be serving the uh, recent conflicts just because of how how those wars are fought and uh, with the, the IEDs and the RPGs and things like that. Um, so those guys are coming back really hurt, um, just like Vietnam, right? So Vietnam right. Was, was a tricky, tricky little war. And so Willie Williams called and he would go out. He had a, a lot of property or he has a lot of property and he would get out on his property and he'd get stuck in his mm. wheelchair with wheels this, this thin. He'd just be out there sometimes all night long, just stuck, you know, mm. and finally you know his wife was at work and she'd get home and she'd be doing something and then a couple hours would go by and she'd have to go find Willie <laughs> and he'd just be stuck out in the mud out on his property and he didn't have a ramp to get to his house and oh I could almost cry thinking about all the struggles that that Willie went through after losing his leg in Vietnam and then and I said well why won't, why can't you get the right wheelchair and he goes I just this is all they gave me you know and so we built him a Cajun commando wheelchair with big fat tires, zero turn. Oh, he awesome. never believed we were coming. We did his presentation at a VFW hall before Christmas so, so we could give it to him for Christmas. Mm. And he, he was driving to meet us and he did put a trailer on the back of his truck and he and his wife came to the VFW and he got there and his eyes were so big and he saw it and he still, and he was just bawling. And he just said, I never believed y'all were coming. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to believe it. Oh, oh, it's like, Willie, it's your chair. You believe us now. I believe you now. I believe you now. I believe you now. Well, good, on, good on your organization. That is crazy. And those moments like that are what makes everything worthwhile. You know, we don't, mm -hmm. we take so much for granted and, and, and we really need to think about the important things. I like what you said about the, the, the great reset during COVID, that it, it's allowed us the opportunity to, to think, think about, about what's really important. That's right. To think about what's important and going to work nine to five. <laughs> Sean, I keep referring to Sean. She's my, she's my partner in crime. It's like we're sisters from another mister. Um, <laughs> I got Sean one of those. I, yeah. Yeah. Sean and I have never really ever loved work. I mean, who loves work, right? What right. we love, like nobody loves it. We do it. It's a necessity, right? We do it to pay the bills and to eat. We do love to eat. We love oxygen, you know, we love breathing. And we like, we like um, heat and, you know, um, we like air conditioning in the summer, especially here in Texas. And we like those things. So we go to work to, to do that. It's, it's rare that you love what you do for a living. And and it's 
any opportunity anyone has to do something that they love, I highly recommend it. Nice. You that's know, probably, I highly recommend it. That's awesome. So tell me again. I mean, like you. Well, where can people go? Yeah. Where can people go to, to find out more information? Wheelchairsforwarriors.org. That's that simple. Facebook, Facebook yeah. Instagram, you know, we're on TikTok, LinkedIn, linked out, Snapchat, WeChat, YouChat. We're everywhere. Well, there you have it, right from Crystal Laramore. She is doing some amazing things for veterans and first responders, people in uniform who put their themselves on the line every day. And um, I can't think of a better place for you to be than where you're at right now. And all I can say is to the guys, <laughs> to the guys listening, it's okay to, to love, to love yourself and to love others. It's not unmasculine to show that affection. And, or ask for help. Or ask for help. You know, it's all good stuff. And all I can say is that uh, you certainly brightened up my afternoon. And every time we talk, I always come up with a good idea. So you got my mind going again. But uh, th That's thank awesome. you for that. Love that. Thank you, Crystal. And, and I know I'll be seeing you and I'll let you know when this, when we put this one out, but uh, I'm glad we finally sat down and was able, were able to talk. Uh, I love talking to you. You're easy to talk to. <laughs> a good gift you have. Well, thank you very much. And I appreciate all those accolades. You really make me feel special. So you are special yourself and thank you. Aww. All right. Well, we'll see you soon. Yes, you will. Okay. See you later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Well. Without you, we don't exist. We hope the men who joined us today learned some valuable tips to improve and not be ashamed to use them. Be the change, set the example, keep going, men. And for the women leaders out there, keep creating and keep helping us men to become even better men, more effective leaders. Thank you. Until next time, stay safe, be well and lead.